but this show will continue to help you understand the things that affect your health while looking for unexpected discoveries along the way. It will also explore thought-provoking ideas and questions like this one. Oh, they should always they should always know what your food is. It's so big. We've been spending the last I don't know six months around here finally you know fine tuning what we feel is one of the better allergy elimination uh, procedures that there is because it's so important to get a person's allergies down. So food's huge. Food is just enormous. It should that person should before they ever start what's going on with you they should know what your food is, what you're eating, and what they need to get rid of. Medications, okay. There's a lot of reasons people know, need to know what your medications are. And when people look at your medications, it, it's like, look, after three medications, they have, a, they have a term for it. It's called polypharmacy. And that means you're taking too many medications. And that wasn't made up by the alternative field. That was made up by the medical field. Basically, what they're saying is by the time you get to the fourth drug, it's causing some of your problems or it's interacting poorly with the other drugs. I'll give you one example of why uh, doctors need to know what your drugs are, particularly in the alternative field. Since thyroid, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, these uh, conditions are so prevalent today, and they're so prevalent in, 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 in the evaluating chronic pain, yet almost every drug that you take alters thyroid function in some way. Some of it alters the way the thyroid works, some of the way you, you actually make the hormone, some of the way in which the act, hormone actually goes to, from being inactive to active, some part, of the, part of it and how it's being absorbed. If you're trying to fix somebody's thyroid and you're taking all those medications, you need to know that. You, there's, ways to, there's ways to deal with it and, and so on and so forth, but you need to know that. That's just one example. Certainly you need to know what medications they're there if you're gonna start using a lot of uh, different types of uh, uh, herbs and botanicals to help that patient. And you have to know what's gonna sink and what's not gonna sink. But also, if you know what medications a person's taking, and this goes for what supplements they're taking, then you should ask that person which of those seem to help you and which don't. If, you, if you're taking, uh, if you have a, a um, depression and you're taking a benzodiazepine, better uh, that you may know as, as Xanax. That's called, and that's a GABA enhancer. You may use something that increases a person's GABA because you know that that'll give you a hint as to how to treat that person. If you're if you're using another type of a drug like a Valium, I think is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. You'll know that maybe you 5-HTP might 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 be helpful for, the, for that person. At the very least, ultimately, if if you can work with that person's doctor to get them off of the drugs. Knowing your drugs and knowing your supplements obviously is hugely important. Knowing what the person's taking is important. Knowing what their allergies are. You can get so much from their allergies because if they're allergic to everything, they either got a leaky gut or they got a histamine response. More than likely, okay? You don't need to take an allergy test for 175 different things because you fix their gut, you fix their histamine response and all of a sudden they're not allergic to 157 different things. So you want to know that. You want to you want to know that. You want to know, in general, you want to know the general uh, person's um, uh, past history. Do they have autoimmunity in their past history? Do they have autoimmunity in their family? If they have thyroid, does their mother have it? Did their grandmother have it? Does their sister have it? 
There, if, if it's like that, you can automatically know they probably have Hashimoto's. Okay, you want to know? You want to know? Do they have auto, other autoimmunity in their family? Their family have Crohn's disease, or they have ulcerative colitis. Whatever. If if the person has autoimmunity in their family already, there's a good chance you're looking at autoimmunity. You you, you want to know the normal stuff? Do they have hypertension, irritable bowel syndrome? Somebody checks irritable bowel syndrome. In the functional medicine world, you should already be thinking that the person's in chronic stress response because now today we know irritable bowel syndrome causes, uh, I'm sorry, irritable, they're calling irritable bowel syndrome, irritable brain syndrome. Did they have mononucleosis? Did they have, did they have uh, um, uh, uh, ulcers like I had? Did they have surgeries? Now we get to the surgeries here, and, and, and the surgeries are hugely important. Uh, did they have a hysterectomy? Did they have a complete hysterectomy? If we, when you're trying to fix female physiology or physiology in general, obviously this is going to color what's going on with you. But, but for me, it was simply, I, ha I had a number of, of intestinal surgery. And so, so basically, that tells the person, okay, we have a violated intestine. Does the, place, does the patient have their, their stomach replaced? Does the, that'll tell us a lot about their leaky gut or the fact that they've developed maybe a, a, a malabsorption syndrome. I'm, I'm just walking through how much you can tell from, a, from, from looking at a history here. So um, surgeries, again, if, uh, if you look in, and somebody's got a cholecystectomy, they've had their gallbladder taken out, which is not uncommon at all. And they got all kinds of gallbladder symptoms. And they go, but my gallbladder's out. Yeah, and, and I'm not eating fatty foods. It may tell you, what you that you have to do something to take the place of that gallbladder being out. Or it may tell you that uh, they have, if they're having female problems and, 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 and the, the menstrual problems and they're having hot flashes and they're having periods that are heavy, short, too short, too long, all those types of things. It could be that their gallbladder is backing stuff up into their liver because it's not there. The liver is back and the liver is over, uh, overproducing uh, or not able to uh, clear enough. And then next thing you know, what you've got is, is you, you, have, you have hormones backing up in there, like estrogen and progesterone and stuff like that. Next thing you know, they're trying to put you on hormone replacement therapy. You take something for the gallbladder, you take something for the liver, you clean that out, and all of a sudden, you're having periods for the first time in three years, something we just had happen here just uh, a week ago. So this is functional medicine, and this is why if your doctors, if your functional medicine doctors aren't like grilling you on on all of your surgeries uh, and, and your past. If you got high blood pressure, but you don't have a kidney problem and you don't have a heart problem, you should know that the person's probably got a chronic stress fight flight response. This is the day where, this comes from the days where this is how we used to diagnose. You would walk into a doctor, they would, they would sit you down. When I was, so I'm 66, so let's say when I was like young, let's say when I was like, like 21 or less, and you asked, How's that doctor? And, and they would go, oh, that doctor, he's just amazing. She's just amazing. There weren't too many she's back then, okay? And so, and so basically they would come on and say, they listened to me and they asked me a lot of questions and they spent like an hour with me. Well, that was standard back then because you didn't have the luxury of, oh, oh let's go and do this test. Let's just do the test and, 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 that, and, then we'll, and, we'll, and then we'll treat from that. And most of you know uh, from listening to that uh, or, or from experiencing that, that 
um, and those people not listening and doing that instead, that that's not a good way to go about things. Um, family history, we already talked a, a little briefly about family history. Um, you like to know that. We particularly do dizziness and vertigo and balance. So we ask an entire series of questions about dizziness. You go to the doctor, they say dizziness. Okay, I'm gonna send you to the, I'm, I'm gonna look, check your blood pressure. I'm gonna make sure you didn't have a stroke and I'm gonna send you to, to, to the ear, nose and throat doctor. There's, there's 18 different causes of dizziness, 18. 15 of them have to do with something called your cerebellum. So we have, so, you have, so if a person specializes in a certain area, they should have a, an entire section of, uh, of, uh, of, of specific diagnostic questions that'll lead them to where it should be. Now, I didn't make this up. I talked, I talk, I, you know, I talked to you about uh, Dr. Uh, Bland, and, and he had the whole history timeline. Um, I, I, I learned primarily from Dr. Karazian, from those of you who don't know who he is. He's the reason that you've ever heard of the term Hashimoto's. I give him credit more than anybody else for exploding functional medicine. And this is what he was doing, okay? Because he said, if you're going to do this type of work and you're not going to take enough time on the side to take a history and look at the person's history. In other words, to get their, to get their data from the hospital, I, got, I should grab it right there. There's a, I, I just have a stack right here for a patient who's got neuropathy and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned that she has something that's pretty severe that is gonna need really possibly some pretty aggressive medical attention. I think it may be beyond functional medicine, uh, something called Lou Gehrig's disease possibly. I have a whole stack there. And that's, how I, and that's how I understood it. Because when that person came in, she'd already been to all these doctors. But, but, we, but we put time on the side so that we can read the entire history of that person's past and look in there and say, I think they're, I think they're missing something. You, you, you have this and you have that, you have this. And, and, and then, of course, what does the patient say? You know, I've looked online and that's what I thought. And I get that a lot because you're going to do the research, okay? If anybody's going to do the research, you're going to do the research. Well, frankly, that's not what you're paying your doctor for. You're paying your doctor to do that job to figure out what's wrong with you, right? One of the uniquenesses of, of, of um, functional medicine is that you're working with systems, okay? You're not really working with every little pain and every little abnormality. You're working with systems. So we practice functional medicine here and we practice functional neurology. Those are two separate disciplines that we have munched together because so much of what happens, so much of what we get in our office is heavily influenced by if a person has anxiety, depression, panic attacks. The vast majority of our patients have had emotional trauma. Maybe they're in some level of post-traumatic stress syndrome. So we have to be attentive to that because if you watch some of our other videos, you'll see that the flooding your system with stress hormones all day long um, is not a good thing. And it will sabotage a lot of the things that a functional medicine practitioner is doing. Uh, so, so we check both. The point is that I'm gonna make here is, is in, the, in, in functional medicine, the whole protocol was to do a systems-based approach find the mechanism. If the person has a uh, hot flashes, do you just throw estrogen at them? Or do you find out if they're hypothalamus, 
which is determining if you have enough estrogen in your body. It's talking to your pituitary gland to tell them to give a signal to your adrenals, which is then going to tell you, which is then going to make some certain chemicals that are going to ultimately tell your ovaries to make estrogen. Functional medicine is finding out if that pathway is broken down. And instead of giving hormone replacement therapy for the ovaries, it might be that the person's really stressed out of their mind or that they're taking medications or something like that that's causing their pituitary gland to not talk to them. You fix this, all of a sudden the hot flashes go away. That's functional medicine. Now, how do you in, now I, I, I see patients over a period of months um, and I make an estimate as to how long that's gonna take. And every day the patient comes in here, they're usually uh, see somebody for every time they come in, they're usually see three, three doctors actually. And, and I spend about 20 minutes with them going over an assessment form that I had them fill out every week. And the assessment form is, it's about four pages long, three pages long, you think I would know by now. And essentially, it looks like this, okay? And many of you may recognize this because this is a very popular assessment form. This assessment form is kind of the update of what uh, uh, most practitioners are being taught to use uh, the update of that timeline that I talked about for. And here's the reason. Look how many questions are on this thing. I don't know how, I don't know how well you actually see this, but that's brain. This is, this, is, this is gut, small intestines, large intestines, gallbladder, leaky gut, liver, blood sugar, a variety of things. And then there's, there's adrenals and, there's, uh, and then there's uh, um, electrolytes and thyroid and high thyroid symptoms and low thyroid symptoms and female symptoms and male symptoms. And so there's, hundred, there's, there's, there's a couple hundred questions on here, okay? It's just check sheets. My patient fills it out every week and they come in and they put it in front of me and I can look at that and I can immediately see what's going on. This is part of history taking. How, who's gonna remember to tell me everything that's wrong with them that week? No, nobody. Who, and I'm not gonna know to ask these questions. So the doctor walks up to you and sits there and goes, so tell me about what's happening this week. And maybe the person goes, oh, you know, I got more constipation this week and maybe I got a little bit more diarrhea and I'm not sleeping as well. Okay, so then, so then the practitioner goes, let's handle that, let's do that. Except, except functional medicine is systems, okay? And each one of these areas represents a system. And what'll happen is sometimes you might look at somebody's case and say, you know what, after doing all that history and after doing all that exam, which we're gonna talk about more briefly about the exam next week, but we're gonna talk about that and you'll see how it syncs together. You might look at this as a practitioner and say, you know what? This person's had emotional trauma since they were a kid. Their blood sugar is, is, is way low. We talked about obstacles to cure last week and, and we talked about blood sugar there and we're gonna talk about it again. And, and, and their gut's bad. And, 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 and then they have a ton of other things going on. Like the whole sheet is marked up, but we're gonna go with those three. And we might go with those three and after two or three weeks, this entire page might disappear. All of these systems may synchronize because you're treating a couple of systems. You're not treating a, a symptom. And this is where the history becomes radically important. And nobody's gonna sit there for an hour and ask you these questions every week. So they ask a couple questions and then they morph back into kind of like the, the medical approach. And I'm not anti-medicine, I'm just saying the medical model of 
today it's eight minutes, 10 minutes, sit there, you know, get, get your symptom, give you a drug, see you in six months or whatever, or, or we'll send you for this. That's not functional medicine. This is functional medicine, okay? No matter how the person's doing it, if they're not, if they're not completely screening all of your systems and, and working one or two major systems at a time, and then, and then allowing the other systems to synchronize and maybe regulate so that you don't need to address those symptoms, that is functional medicine. And you can't do it with, without these tools, I would contend. I don't know how you would do it without these tools. That was our functional medicine uh, uh, questionnaire. This is our initial functional brain questionnaire, okay? So this is, this is all about brain function and this is all about brain chemistry. So you can tell from looking at this if the person's got um, probably, if you can take a good, good strong impression as to whether they got good circulation in there, do they have inflammation, do they eat something and have inflammation. There is zero chance that you can know a person's entire physiology, which I will argue you have to know if you are treating chronic pain, unless you are, you are utilizing tools that allow you to, uh, to be able to do that. We also, and, 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 and so I, I think that kind of like, like gives the overview of, of, of why a history is important, uh, the facts that, uh, that, that chronic pain can, can, can basically not be dealt with in the model of the eight minutes going on. Uh, out there today, the 10 minutes, the 15 minutes, come in, give you a supplement, give you the paleo diet. Okay, here's your paleo diet over online. Here, you know, and, 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 and here's your blood test and let's throw all that out there. You can see how, th this is just a fraction, just a fraction of the data that you can pull out of, of, a, of a history. Before I see a patient to go in for an exam, I want, I'll even get this, I want, to see their history. This is the history. This is half of the history. This is half. <laughs> I got a bad look from behind the camera there. This is half of the history, because it's got the name on top, um, that I was just talking about for the lady that we think we may have to refer for, uh, for co-managing a, a very serious problem. And I will look at all that, and there will be answers in there. Some people will come to me and go, well, I went to the Mayo Clinic and, and, and they couldn't find anything. And I'll go, so how, do you have the records? And they'll say, yeah, I, I, I want to see them. And you cannot imagine how many times the answer to that problem is in their records before we even walk into the room to examine them. Because the medical profession looks at things differently than the alternative profession. But, but this is gathering the type of data that you need to gather to be able to assess I, a functional medicine case properly. And the last thing I do do on these is I actually have people fill out some other forms. Now this, this is me personally, okay? This is nothing, to, this is maybe not something that a lot of doctors would do. But I do have people fill out uh, a, a little bit of a questionnaire to find out you know, what their expectations are because if a person comes in here and they have an awful lot of things that we can help, but by helping that, we're not gonna be able to meet their expectations because they wanna go from being bedridden and having you know, fibromyalgia and peripheral neuropathy and chronic fatigue, and I didn't even mention <laughs> the cerebellar problem. And, and you wanna go from that to you know, being an Olympic athlete and climbing Mount Everest and stuff like that. That's probably not a realistic expectation. 
And, and so you need to know that about your patient before you start treating them. And you need to know that about yourself, that um, if you're going online, somehow you, know, you, you, you need to somehow learn how to evaluate what these doctors are telling you online because a lot, of, a lot will make it sound like you can be cured and, and, and most of our patients cannot be cured even though last week we talked about obstacles to cure. It's obstacles to you uh, stopping your downward progress, reverting it and, and getting as well as you can and learning how to manage it and then learning what your true metabolic capacity is so that you know, you know what you need to do to stay better. And, and so you can, you can tell all that you, can, you, you, you won't ultimately know all of that until you treat the person and you see how they respond, but you can go an awful long way by gathering all of the data, by gathering all of the past data, actually going through it. And it takes some time, and it takes some time to do that. And you can learn so much from that. And I, I will argue that you can probably diagnose the person 97% of the time properly, uh, particularly functionally, if, if you go through this whole, uh, if you go through this whole procedure. If I go into a doctor's office and I'm sitting there and it's a 10 or 15 minute interview and they're taking all my history down and then I don't care what's a medical doctor or I don't care what's an alternative practitioner and the next thing I do is I get a list of like, you know, five or $10,000 worth of tests that I gotta do and now we're gonna treat from that, I, I'm looking for another doctor. Okay, because this, this big piece here is missing. There's just an enormous amount of data that you can gather from a history to, to start a, a, a case right there, but, but truly to probably figure out what's going on. And then you sync, Renai's, that data with the exam that we're gonna talk about next week. And, and that's really should tell you exactly what testing you need to do. And that's how diagnosis has historically been done. Humanity's bodies haven't changed, except for this autoimmune issue. Uh, and, and frankly, I would argue that the way to do a proper diagnosis hasn't changed. It's just that, it's just that there's, there's just models that have changed for purposes other than doing the best thing that's that for, for, for the patient. And I say this as someone who's gone through this myself as a patient, so maybe that's why I have a little bit more of, a, of, a, of a, an interest uh, in, in, in helping people to understand this. So next week we're gonna talk about the exam. Now I, I haven't decided whether we're gonna go through one or not, I don't know, that might be kind of boring, but there are, there are elements to a functional medicine exam that are critical that in my opinion and my mentor's opinions and the people who develop functional medicine opinions are um, that uh, that should be done for every functional medicine case that there is and so we're we're going to talk about those and we're going we're to walk through some of those exams that should be done um, we're, we'll separate out functional neurology from functional medicine most of the people who watch this are much more interested in the functional medicine aspects of it and I think you'll be surprised I, th I think this will be interesting because I'm, I'm going to share with you some um, clinical pearls, if you will, as to how to tell whether a person's in fight flight, uh, as, to, um, as to how to tell certain things about, about their intestines, um, uh, a lot of things that you might already uh, look at uh, see, and see online, like those of you who have thyroid and have already looked online and, and, 
and know that if the outer third of your eyebrows are disappearing, that there's a good chance that you have a thyroid problem. But there's a lot of things like that, a lot of things like that in an exam that, that can really go a long way towards telling you, again, what's actually wrong with that person. And when you take all that data and sync it with this, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, you could almost just go there a vast majority of the time without doing a lot of testing. We do do testing, but it's directed by this. So, so next week, it's going to be the examination, and, and, and I, think you'll, I think it'll be very interesting. Most of the patients, uh, by the time we're done with their exam, they're pretty like, whoa, that's really cool. That really makes sense. I understand. Now I know kind of why I'm, kind of what's wrong with me. So, so until next week, I don't know if, I guess it may not be the same time, <laughs> but it will be the same morning until next week. I will, uh, I'll, be, I'll be working on what to tell you about examinations and, and I'm looking, always looking for feedback. If you have any feedback on any of these, if you have, if you have questions, if you, um, if you have suggestions, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm sure you can tell. I've been doing this a long time, but I basically just sit down here and do this, okay? This is not scripted or anything. But this is the way I talk to my patients, and it seems to get good feedback as far as, uh, as, far as understandability. But, but we're always open. Till next week, take care, and have a good week. If you're, if you're enjoying this, then, then you know, please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.